0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Well, I have to admit, I've had enough. I have had enough. I am ready for getting things back to normal. I am ready to do what I've always done. I'm ready to be around people. I'm ready to get rid of all that we've had to go through. But I also know that it is not possible. I'm sure you're tired of it. I'm sure you've had about all you can take at times, but we still are under these mandates. And because of our care for people and for ourselves, we continue to do these things. I miss the opportunities to be here in this building With our brethren. And I miss the times of fellowship in in our lobby. I miss our uh, potluck meals. Uh, I miss having game nights. Uh, I just miss all these kinds of social interactions that at the time we're doing them, we may in fact take them for granted. But now that we can't have them, we really see the value and we really begin to miss them. However, this is necessary. I want to take a a few minutes today and think about this concept of social distancing. Tonight I want us to have a little more of an interactive night. You know if you're a member at Richmond, you know how from time to time we do our, our, our TBS and our congregational Bible study, our CBS targeted Bible study for those who don't know Is a time when we uh, get together on Sunday night and we have two classes for younger children and then all the adults and olders are in here together and we all talk about the same topic on a different level. Then we have congregational Bible study where we all just stay together and uh, have it conducted as a class discussion rather than a sermon time. Tonight I would hope that some of our people and anybody who joins uh, would be more interactive. I want us to be thinking today, and if you will do that, uh, think about the kinds of things that you are doing or that you have seen done that are trying to keep us together while we are apart. And so we're talking about social distancing today, and uh, my title for this sounds Maybe a little bit different, but it's intended to make a point. Today I want you to notice that social distancing is dangerous. That doesn't make any sense either, does it? Because we do the social distancing because of the problems that we're trying to stay away from. But I'm suggesting to you that we need to consider the concept that social distancing can be dangerous, and it is dangerous. Now, I admit social distancing is essential. We don't have really any choice. We do this for our physical health. We've done it for a long time. This is not anything new to be socially distant for physical health. For instance, how many times have you heard teachers say, I wish that parents would keep their children home when they are sick so they won't come here and spread it around. Stay away, social distancing. How many times have we even been in a a worship assembly? And, And somebody says, I'd love to shake your hand, but I've had a cold, and so I don't think I'm going to do that today. And so we'll just say hi. That's a form of social distancing for physical health. Obviously, in my time preaching, I've had many opportunities to be in hospitals. Oftentimes, Um, On some occasions, I've been asked to wear a mask to go in and see someone. On one occasion, I had to wear a mask and gloves, a gown, and also covers on my shoes. It was one of those situations that was very delicate. They wanted me to come in, but I had to be totally covered. You see, we have social distancing for physical health because it is essential. This is not the first time we've ever done it. We do it all the time. The only difference is we're doing it all the time. (laughs) That's the problem right now. But let me suggest to you that social distancing is essential for spiritual health. 1 John chapter 2 John wrote these words and said, Do not love the world, nor the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. John said for Christians to be socially distant from the world of sin... Obviously, there is something there that we need to avoid. We, we need to be socially distant from the sinful actions. Paul wrote in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 17, Come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing. God expects us as Christian people to be socially distant from the world of sin. The world's sinful actions are things that we cannot participate in. And because we are not of the world, we are of the Father, we have to pull away from those things. And therefore, it is essential that we be socially distant from the world of sin. That's our biggest problem, isn't it? We enjoy the world, and we should. God made it for us. We enjoy the things that the world has to offer. And we want to participate in so many things. And that's okay. The problem is that if we continue to dabble in those dangerous things, we continue to be involved in those things that can cause us problems. We are not being socially distant from the world of sin. Social distancing from sin is essential as we distance from the world. But number two, let me suggest this. It is so important that we practice social distancing that it even involves our brethren who are continuing in sin. God wants us to keep away from them too. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and in verse 6, Paul wrote and said, we command you, brethren, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the traditions which he has received from us. God expects us as a church, as Christian people to pull away from, to separate from, to withdraw from a brother who is continuing in sin. First Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is dealing with that in Concept in two different ways. He earlier begins in verse 9 saying that I don't tell you to go out of the world when you are separating because then you would need to leave the world. You can't get away from, you can't keep away from contact with people who are not living properly. You can't participate with them. You're socially distant that way. But we have to work and live in the world, and therefore we don't pull away from those people in a way that says, I won't have anything to do with you. However, he says in verse 11, it's different for a brother. I command you that you withdraw or that you separate from any brother, any man who is named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an extortioner, an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard. Paul said, I didn't tell you to leave the world, the people who are in the world, you don't separate from them, that is, you can't have any social contact with them. He's not saying that. But he is saying we can have no social contact, we shouldn't have social contact from a brother who continues to practice sin. That is, they have been reprimanded, they have been encouraged, they have been taught, and they willfully and rebelliously say, I'm not changing. Then God tells Christians to separate socially from them. Distance yourselves from them. Notice how the verse ends. Do not even eat with this one. See, Paul is making it very clear. God is making it very clear, his point. People in the world who sin, we can have interactions with them. We can go to dinner with them. We can play ball with them. We can work with them. We can do all kinds of things with them. We cannot participate in their sins, obviously. But we are with them because they're not brethren. And we want to train them. We want to teach them, encourage them to be a brother in Christ. But he says to a brother who is in Christ or a sister who is in Christ, You pull away from that person if they continue in sin. Don't you even eat with them. There is social distancing that is essential for spiritual health. It is essential for our spiritual health to pull away from the world of sin and not participate. And it is essential for our brother or our sister who is in sin and refuses to change, if we pull away from them, create social distance so that they yearn to have it back, maybe that will change them. Yes, social distance is is essential, but let me suggest to you that it is dangerous. How can social distancing be dangerous? Well, let me give you some thoughts. Tonight, maybe in our time of discussion together, if you have any thoughts as to how it might be a problem, I would love for you to share them with me. But think for me with me about this. Social distancing, by its very nature, creates a habit that we are away from each other for an extended period of time. It's been what, almost two months? It's been one of those things where we have just, I think this might be uh, week number six that we have done our virtual time. And over this time, we've created what has now become a habit. And if we're not careful, during a time of social distancing, As essential as it is, the danger is that we begin then to develop a habit of individually being socially distant. It causes us potentially to be so disconnected from people that we sever it. The key is not to become complacent. The key is don't make this a habitual thing that creates this whole idea mentally of being socially distant. When this is over and we can get back together again, let us come in full fellowship. Let us come back in in the excitement and the joy and the appreciation of being together, not the dread of saying, well, I enjoyed that over there. We don't want to create a habit in our lives of being socially distant to people. Number two, during a time of this social distancing, let us be careful not to become selfish. We're away from people and our thoughts are often about us. Now, I understand that we have practiced social distancing because we care about others. It is a selfless way of caring about others. But if we stay in it in an improper way, if our minds are not working properly, if we're not thinking about it in a proper way, that selfless act of being socially distant in order to keep the disease down could actually create a selfishness in us because we're spending time with ourselves. And granted, we're spending time with family, but we're spending time thinking about what we want and what I like and how I'm going to do things. And and we don't have the opportunity to be involved in the lives of other people in the way that we were. Let us be careful during this time not to become selfish during our social distancing. Number three, let me suggest this. We are social creatures. God made us this way. This is what we long for. This is who we are. We are social creatures. We were not made to be in solitary confinement. That's why when solitary confinement happens, they don't like it. Children, when they are sent to their rooms to be by themselves, they don't like it. When you take a child and set them in a corner, they don't like it. And even in prison, when they take those and put them into solitary confinement, it's not necessarily a good thing. We're not made to be socially distant from everybody. The danger then of social distancing is that we might change our character and our nature. And it may change us and work on us and make us different people and and make us not as good as we were if we're not careful. I'm going to suggest to you that while it is essential that we practice social distancing, it is dangerous. If we don't understand what it can do, if we don't understand the problem, it is dangerous. How is it dangerous? Well, it's dangerous. Because of what it is. It is dangerous because of what it is. Social distancing, by definition, removes us. Think with me for a minute about this concept. It is designed by its very nature to move us from over here and put us over here. That's what it is. And therefore, it can cause a problem. Let me think of three things. How about this? Social distancing goes against, it is not, it goes against the concept of Bible unity. The text that was read earlier, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And in that context, it said loving one another, caring for one another, and so forth. It is the case that, we are to be unified it's not you can't be unified you can't be unified if you're never together be unified in mind and thought but you got to be together what is unity unity is the draw that makes us want to be together no couple gets married and intends to live apart not if they are normal It is the unity that brings us together. We've been united. God wants us to make sure that we maintain the unity. And the unity is what draws us together. Social distancing, number two, goes against the whole concept of fellowship. Just as the church was begun in Acts chapter 2, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. John would write in 1 John 1 and 7, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, continues to cleanse us from all sin. They continued steadfastly in the fellowship that was uh, was originated and formed when we became children of God, and we should continue in it too. But social distancing takes away fellowship. Fellowship is the celebration of being together. Third, <clears throat> social distancing problem is family is set. Not physical family because we're with them. But social distancing takes away from family. Well, it does take away from physical family. I can't go see my grandkids in other places because we are being socially distant. I don't even see my ones that live here very much. And that's the problem. So it's tough. It takes away. Social distancing is against the whole concept of family. God wants us to be a family. We're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and members of the household of God, Ephesians 2 and verse 19. And in that text of Ephesians 5, when he talked about husbands and wives and how they are to interact with each other, he says in verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. God wants us to be in relationship with him and with each other in a family setting. So what is family? Family is the effect of being together over a longer period of time. And social distancing causes this problem because of what it is. We've also seen what it produces. But now think for just a minute. Unity is the draw for us to be together. Fellowship is the celebration when we are Together, And family is the effect of being together over a period of time. Let us make sure during this time of social distancing that we don't fall to the danger of losing our unity and our fellowship and our family mentality. Finally, let me suggest to you this. Social distancing must, however, be God-like. Well, that sounds strange, doesn't it? It's true. God practiced social distancing at times. You remember when Samson, the judge of God's people, his wife convinced him to tell her what it was that caused his great strength. And finally, after wearing him down, he told her that if you cut my hair, I'll be weak. And the text says in Judges 16, verse 20, he arose from sleep when she, she warned him that someone was coming to get him. And he said in his mind, I will arise just as I always did, and I will beat these people. And the text says, and he did not realize that God had left him. God was socially distant from Samson. God was socially distant from Job. When the devil asked that he be able to torment Job, God apparently took off and was socially distant. In chapter nine, Job said, I would listen or I would speak to God, but I'm not sure he would hear me. In chapter 13, he said, I would like to reason with the Lord. I think that during the time Job was going through his problems, God, during the patriarchal time, having spoken with the patriarchs of each family, God wasn't speaking to Job. He wanted to. He would love to find out why all this was going on, but because God allowed the devil to do what he did, God pulled away. He was socially distant from Job. And guess what? You recall well, don't you, Mark 15, 34? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God was socially distant from his son on the cross. But guess what? Every time he was socially distant, God came back. At the end of Samson's life, he was standing there holding on to two pillars of the great temple of the heathen people who had captured him. And he said, after his hair had grown back, God, one more time, give me strength that I can do your will. And God came back to him and gave him strength. And he was a greater conqueror in his death than he was in his life, killing all those heathen people. To Job, he came back at the end of Job, and and he said in that great book, Job has never sinned against me one time with his mouth, and God gave him more in return than he had lost at the beginning. God came back. And with Jesus... Jesus was resurrected from the grave. The Lord brought him back to him. Social distancing should be God-like. We practice social distancing when necessary, but we always come back because God never fully left. Listen to the words of Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 26. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has uh, determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. Notice, for he is not far from any one of us. Even when God was practicing social distancing, he was not far away. For us during this time, let us not be far away. Let us not develop a social distancing that causes us to be more distant from God during this time. But for our purposes, really, let's make sure that we don't create a social distancing from our brethren, even though we can't be with them very much. God, though He was apart, was not far away. Let us find ways not to be far away. Let us maintain the connection. Let us maintain the social aspect as best we can during this time. Yes, social distancing is essential for physical and spiritual health, but it's dangerous if we don't use it properly. But it is godlike if we do. For we use it, we come back because we're never far away. It's great to be here. I wish you were here. One day we will. Just like the prodigal son, however, some people go away and God wants them to come back. Maybe that's you. We'll pray for you. We'll help you. We'll do what we can to make you closer to God if you'll let us know how we can help. And if you've never come to him, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you're not one of God's children, he wants you to be with him and not distant from him. Please let us know. If you want to be immersed into Christ, we'll do it. We thank you for joining us today. May God bless us. May God bless our church. May God bless our nation and our family. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ.